Brief one, the prayer of Jabez. Introduction. This is really a prayer that can be found in 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse and the 10th verse. In the ninth verse, you will find, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And in the 10th verse, you'll find the heart of the prayer. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. The book is built around these two verses in the Bible. So the first thing you should know is that Jabez, the name means pain. And so his mother said she named him that because she said when he was born, he caused her pain. So he was someone who started with a bad hand in life But he had something that was a little bit different that he did that changed the course of his entire life. And he breaks the narrative of the genealogy in First Chronicles. If you look at it, you'll see and so and so had so and so and so and so was the, you know, the son of so and so and on down the list. But then you get to this story, which is that that we just saw that little prayer of Jabez. So he was extraordinary enough to warrant a different message in the middle of a genealogy. And what made the difference for him? Well, it was this prayer. He prayed a different prayer. Things didn't start well for him, but he did something different and his life turned out to be tremendous. And this prayer made all the difference. And the idea is that what God does for one, because they ask, he'll do for another of his children if we ask as well. So this is a prayer that Bruce Wilkinson has prayed probably for 50 years of his life. And he's seen God work in ways that will amaze and astound you. Brief two. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. This is the first line of the prayer. Now a little bit more background on Jabez. He lived in Southern Israel. He's part of the tribe of Judah. And in fact, the leader of a clan in Judah, as we said, his mother bore him in pain. Remember, names were a big deal. Naomi had a couple of sons, and when they went off, they named them some things that meant like weak and puny, and guess what? The boys died. Jacob meant one who grabs the heel of deceiver or cheat, and that's what he did in the early part of his life. So naming people said something about their nature, about what they were going to be like, and he was named Pain. Now, one of the things we need to get straight here before we move further is what does it mean to bless? Now, to bless someone... Is not a tiny little thing. But what we're really doing is we're asking God for supernatural favor. We're asking for God to reach into his bag of unlimited goodness and give and bring out whatever it is that you need that only God can provide. Proverbs 10 and 22, it's, it goes like this. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. And so... There's nothing greater than God's blessing. So when we pray this way, we're leaving it to God to determine the when, the what, and the how of how you're blessing. And it's about letting God do what he wants to do so that we can be aligned with his purposes. We're not trying to tell him how or what or when, but we're saying, oh, bless me indeed. That last word should be paid attention to. Not just a tiny blessing, but a special blessing, something that will make people sit up and take notice. And what this is about 
is um, being aligned with God's purposes and glorifying him. Now, Moses said, show me your glory in Exodus. And God then tells him exactly who he is. He tells him that he is the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth in Exodus 34. And then this tells us that God's nature is overflowing goodness. Now, there's a little story of a man who goes to heaven and he sees a giant warehouse and he tells Peter, ask him what it is, St. Peter. And Peter tells him, oh, you don't want to know what that is. And then he, he said he tells him what it is. And he goes in there and um, there's boxes for everybody. And so there's a box for him. So he goes in and he opens up the box for him and he sees all the blessings that God intended him to have that he didn't get. The idea of the prayer of Jabez and the idea of asking the Lord to bless you is that you don't have that experience when you get to heaven. That what God had, the blessings he had, the way he wanted to use you, that indeed he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish through you and blessed you the way that he wanted to do it. Brief three, enlarge my territory. Basically, what we're asking for in this line of the prayer is that God would have the freedom to grow our lives so that we can have impact for him. And when we speak of territory, what we're talking about are the boundaries you know, of your territory. And what we're asking is that God would move those boundaries back and increase our territory. Jabez basically felt that he was made for more than this. And I know that many of you feel that same way because you are and you were. And so what we're asking is that everything under your dominion, that God enlarge it. And remember that Jesus said he gave you the keys. He told us his people, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he told them that he was giving them the keys. He, that's what he told his disciples. And that means us. We're his disciples as well. He meant that he was giving them the authority to expand, to manage, to run his kingdom on earth. And so you have a, cru a crucial role to play in that. And what we're asking here is that you would do everything that it is that God wants you to do, that he, you would enlarge your territory and that God would continue to enlarge it. So if you've got a business, ask the Lord for more business. Here's an example prayer. Lord, grow my opportunity so I can do more for you and glorify your name. Let me bring more people to know you and cause people to grow in their knowledge of you so that they too can bring more people to you. So in the book, one of the things that happens is he asks, the author asks a group of students, he tells them to ask for Trinidad, the, the country of Trinidad, and a DC-10 to take them there to minister. And so a couple of students do that. They begin to pray the prayer of Jabez, and guess what happens? Sure enough, they charter a jet, 126 students and faculty sign up for a summer of ministry in Trinidad. And they ministered through various uh, skills that they had, drama, construction, Bible school, music, home visits. And the president of the school said it was the single most significant ministry in college history. It was because two students asked for their territory to be enlarged. What will God do for you when you ask for your territory to be enlarged? And then you need to live by God's math because you're here to do his work on earth. You don't limit yourself to your abilities. But think in terms of your willingness and your weakness. Combine with God's power and his will. And what you end up with is an enlarged territory beyond anything that you could imagine.
Now, the next part of this brief four of that prayer is, oh, that your hand would be with me. And so once you begin to pray this, you'll see the blessings of the Lord become so large that you're going to feel like you're in too deep, that the water's too hot. And so he gives an example of his son when he was little. And at this playground, there were three slides, a little slide, a sort of medium-sized slide, and a, a very large slide. And he was keeping his eye on his son. And his son went to the little slide. Shoop, he zoomed down it. He went to the middle slide. He thought about it. He climbed up it. Zoop, he zoomed down it like three times. He went to the big slide, and a teenager was asking him to get out of the way because he kind of paused halfway. He looked over at his father, and he asked his father to help him. And so his father went on and, and had him, and, and together they went up the, the, the slide, and his father put him in his lap, and you know they, he held him in his arms. And down the slide they went together, laughing all the way, having a great time. And that's very much like our Heavenly Father. He wants us to attempt things that are too big for us, that where we need Him. We need to depend on Him. We need to rely on Him. And we need to walk in faith. You'll know it when you're doing things that you don't have the experience or the skills to do. And when, quite frankly, if it doesn't go well, you could look quite stupid. What happens is we admit we can't do it, and God shows up and gets the glory. In 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, the fifth and the sixth verses, Paul writes this. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. See, the hand of the Lord is uh, what will be upon us when we pray this part of the prayer, your hand be with me. And the hand of the Lord means the power and the presence of the Lord. Now in Acts, they said that the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And you find that in the 11th chapter. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, you'll need God's hand to be with you to carry it out, to go you therefore into all the world, you know, making disciples and teaching them about, about Jesus. And you'll need to be filled with the Spirit. And this generates boldness. If you look at Acts, the fourth chapter, you'll find that they spoke with boldness. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. In Acts 9 and 27, we see, Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So when his hand is with us, he gives us a spirit of boldness and we're able to be bold before men, even though we're humble before God. And when they did that, guess what? Miracles of healing and salvation followed. And the same thing will happen for you. Brief five. Oh, that you would keep me from evil. This is key for sustaining your walk with God as you progress in ministering for him. Because you create problems for Satan, you will see opposition. So you need this, especially after a spiritual success. Because that's often when Satan shows up. Remember Elijah post his battle with Baal and Ashtoreth priest and priestesses? His depression that he felt, how he, he wanted to take his life, in fact. You know, he said he was the only one left, and 
Jesus had to send the Lord and had to send angels to minister to him, um, you know, and speak to him to encourage him because uh, he, you know, he was discouraged. And this is often when Satan comes. Now think about it, that in the garden, when we were at our very best, you know, according to Wilkinson, we were wiped out by one little talk with Satan, you know, and that was Adam and Eve who were perfect. So we don't have a, a great chance in our own, on our own strength of dealing with Satan and dealing with the forces of evil. There's our culture where American culture is pulling us one way, but God wants us to go another way. And so sometimes God also calls us to make a direct assault on Satan's kingdom. And in that case, we're not going to be able to be kept from evil, but we're going to need to fight and we're going to need the weapons of our warfare. And so he gives an example of a promise keeper ministry where Satan was really trying to oppose the work they were doing. But one brother got up and he began to pray and was something like this when they were under under assault by the um, enemy. He said something like this, Lord, your desire is to take more ground for the kingdom in this generation, on this day, in this stadium. And we thank you for what you're going to do. Your Holy Spirit is here now, moving already through the rows of gathering men. You've come to work in a supernatural dimension, which we can barely understand, but which we eagerly anticipate. And at your name, Lord Jesus, every other power on earth must bow. And guess what? Things opened up and they had a tremendous session, you know, where people were set free. People came to know Christ. So sometimes you are going to have to fight and use the weapons of our warfare, including the helmet of salvation to guard your mind. And remember, you have the mind of Christ the breastplate of righteousness to guard your heart. And then you're going to need the belt of truth to give you boldness, uh, to give you guts, to protect your guts that you might be able to be bold. You're going to need your feet shod in the sandals of salvation that you might be able to take God's word wherever it is he wants it to go. And the shield of faith with which the enemy won't be able to hit you with any of his darts. And then lastly, You'll need the sword, which is the rhema word of the spirit. Brief six. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. That's that, the next line in the prayer. You may recall that Paul was pressing forward for the prize of the upward call of God in, in Philippians, the third chapter. And he was happily anticipating a day of his judgment in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, when he wrote, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So we have a choice to leave the mediocre behind by walking with God, by asking him to bless us, by asking that his hand would be upon us, by asking him to keep us from evil, and by um, asking him um you know, to be with us in all that we do. And what happens? We end up being more honorable than those who don't play like this. And God will give you exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. And you can leave the mediocre behind. Brief seven. So God granted him what he requested, which is the last line of the prayer. So what are some practical things that you can do 
to make sure that you experience what God means you to experience as a result of the prayer of Jabez. First, pray the prayer of Jabez daily and see what happens. Log it. Buy the book and listen to it once a week, uh, every week for four weeks. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you insights you may have missed by praying before you read it each time that you read it. And then pray the prayer of Jabez, not only for yourself, but also for family members, for your church, and for organizations that you're a part of. May the Lord bless you in the same way that he blessed Jabez. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at christianbrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And hope you check out some of the other briefs at christianbrief.com.